You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject I have coming up for you, it's Daniel Connell from the Perth-based outfit Amberdown. Now, the reason for the chat with Dan is to promote the debut album from Amberdown. It's called Four Years. It's a sterling affair. I encourage you to find it and get into it. So let's get into the conversation with Dan. Let's go. Hey, mate. It's Andy McKay-Smith calling for a chat. How are you going? Hey, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad, actually. You're doing well. Yeah, no, it's my, you're my first cab off the rank, it turns out, because the person before you didn't pick up, so it's always special to do the first one. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> You know, Beautiful. What's been happening today, mate? You just you've been at work, that sort of thing. Yeah, mate. It's been fucking forty, almost close to forty degrees here, so oh, yeah. struggling today. But you know, getting there, finished yeah. now. So, yeah, yeah. We've. I don't think it's been forty degrees here. It certainly felt like it at times, but we've just got. Mate, the bushfires are just saying a prayer every bloody morning that we don't get any. You know. Oh yeah. We're just Fair surrounded enough, yeah. by bush. We're we're not. We're in a. In a rural, we're in a semi-rural residential area. We're certainly not in the bush. We're surrounded by cane fields here on the northern Gold Coast. But mate, you can smell it every day. You just smell bushfire, you know, from the eucalypts. Um, yeah. We just had like Beautiful you guys. Spot, oh, it's a stunning, <laughs> it's a stunning spot. We just mate, we haven't had proper rain in like, oh, I don't know. It's been something like two years. You know, I'm talking about serious rain that yeah, you know, sort of, yeah, yeah. We had some on the weekend, but it was it's never enough, mate. When you have uh, when it's so dry, so the lawns just brown and everything else (laughs) yeah what do you do mate so uh but look i've got to tell you um i I do enjoy this album viewers here four years okay Um, oh cool thanks and i want you to take this as a compliment because at first i really had to work hard to figure out what you guys were doing so at first the first track i listened to everything in the car you see so i'm not familiar with the song titles but the first cut reminded me of a more melodic version of Refused, and I love Refused, right? But then as oh, yeah. the, the album started going, and I've listened to it a dozen times or so, I started hearing the butterfly effect. Then I started to hear Radio Hard Rock. Yeah, I've been told that. Yeah, it's definitely there, yeah. But then I started to hear the Radio Hard Rock of Seether and Three Days Grace, and then there was even Panic at the Bloody Disco I picked up this afternoon. I can't remember the name of the track. <laughs> it was there. <laughs> And so, so, mate, they're all good bands. I mean, some of them aren't my thing, but they're all good bands who know what they're doing, quality musicians, that sort of thing. And, 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 you know, so it alludes to something broader, though, that there is plenty across four years to keep fans of hard rock, heavy metal, even just straight up rock and roll entertained. So, I mean, do you you agree with some or any of what I've said? And and how would you describe your music to the uninitiated? Jeez, right. Um, Well, okay. to be honest, yeah, I uh, we 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 kind of struggled to to put a sort of a, a genre or a style on what we do because we do so much of uh, we take sort of everything from from every other genre and every other sort of I don't know we 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 tend to do a bit of everything um, and trying to sort of put us into a genre or a, or a style is is hard to do. I think we're kind of like uh, to call it like. Aggressive hard rock, I guess. Sure. Yep. Um, Definitely hear that. Yeah. Yeah, but we're all into different bands, so that's probably why it, it comes across like that. Like, I'm into a lot of sort of '90s grunge and and uh, and and punk and stuff, as well as you know touches of metal and and even like folk and stuff. I'm into as well. So, well, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of the other guys are sort of more into the metal stuff. So, I guess that's probably why you'll sort of hear 
a mixture of metal with with sort of um, hooks and 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 grunge together. Um, yeah, it's definitely there. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So, so who do you write the music and give it to the rest of the guys? You being, oh, no, you're the singer. Right? I think I'm right in saying that. So you play singer, yeah. and you sing and play the guitars. So do you write the music yourself and then bring it to give it to the other guys in a Dropbox situation, or how does it yeah, work? Yeah, that happens a lot of the time. So I'll normally I'll, I like to sort of write the chorus or the melody of the chorus first with, with vocals, and then I sort of work backwards and forwards to that. Mm-hmm. So I'll normally come up with a, an idea in the chorus or, some, or, or something close to the chorus, maybe like a bridge or something, and then I'll work backwards and forwards of that and bring it to the band, and then they all sort of add their flair to it. That's usually what, what we kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so like, you know, in the middle of the night or as soon as I wake up in the morning, I might get this hook in my head and I'll quickly put it down on the phone with your little voice recorder and then then I'll grab a guitar later on and sort of write a... Yeah, write I get a you. That kind of thing, and then mm-hmm. then work around it that way because I, I feel like sometimes working from the start or you know from from something that isn't like where the hook sits is a bit harder to do because you you have to sort of I don't know that's just how I do it anyway. I, I always find it's better to write choruses first and work around. Works for you, yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, actually, it's funny when I was writing music, I did the same thing. Write the chorus, get the strongest yeah. bit up there. The most memorable bit, memorable bit always becomes the chorus, and then you just figure out what you do. Uh, around it just to support the chorus that's right yeah that's kind of how i write so that's mm. the, i reckon that's the best way to do it because you know you'll always hear a, a random hook or a melody in your head and you think oh i better put that down mm. and then things just sort of evolve around that indeed they do yeah I, I understand completely where you're coming from and i can actually hear that now that you've mentioned it and the other thing too mate is the uh the guitar sound so the sound that you've captured from the guitars is absolutely killer on this album so it, it seems to me, and if I didn't know better, I'd say a heap of time has gone into ensuring that there's a balance on the recording. So who did you record it with and how did you pull that stellar guitar sound? Uh, we actually recorded it ourselves. Um, cool. So the production yeah. was basically all us. Uh, we did go somewhere else. We went to Matt Tippleman, um, who does like Voyager and a few other bands like that, mm-hmm. um, for the mixing process uh, for, for about, I think, seven of the songs. And then we mixed the other sort of four or five um, songs just because we didn't have much time to mix it at the time one of the one of our guys was um, uh, working away for the year and another one of the guys was in hospital and I, I had a stint in hospital too so we were kind of we were kind of <laughs> You're behind in the <laughs> yeah so so we um, we got him to do a, a lot of the mixing but yeah we we recorded it and produced it ourselves we did a lot of that revolver studios um, okay. yeah. so we just hired that that place out and and did it ourselves and yeah it did take the, the the biggest portion of the time probably was actually spent right um getting the getting the sound miking and um yep mm-hmm. and 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 fiddling with the knobs and stuff and, and getting tones because i mean it's just much easier to get it sounding good first and then sort of dealing with everything later yeah. it's that classic you know you can't polish a turd type thing absolutely so we definitely yeah. worked on it. yeah worked yeah. on it for a long time got all the drum sounds and the guitar tones exactly how I wanted them and then we moved the studio into my house into a little bedroom where I did uh, part of probably half the guitars and, and all the vocals there because mm. we, we we didn't want to keep paying at Revolver so we thought okay we'll have to move it into my house but my house is I got a long sort of living area so it was cool marking it up in that room it had like a nice like a reverb natural reverb in there and everything mm. so it was good 
It's a noisy album, but it never sounds messy, and that's bloody hard to achieve with the sort of music that you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. the thing when I first listened to it, because I always listen to I make a point of listening to albums, because I get sent so many over the iPhone speakers, and they're not the best speakers in the world, of course. They can never be. But I can always tell that a band has got the... It's not about the production to your point. You cannot polish a turd. You can't do it, but it's the way everything's been recorded and getting that balance yep. right. And I could really really hear that you got the mics right to your point there, that you you didn't let the guitars overpower everything and let the bass sort of just sit to the background. I can actually hear everything. And that's why I, I use Apple AirPods because I never want to get too used to really good headphones because then it changes your listening experience and everything else just sounds piss weak. So, yeah, you know I've what I mean? noticed that as well with every, every different speaker of every different type and, and the tiniest little differences make such a huge difference really yeah when listening to um to it yeah we we tried to get as clear and as tight as we could but still holding on to sort of a touch of that uh that sort of grungy sort of messy well you've done that um, attitude yeah Yeah. that's kind of the way we do and like you were saying earlier with the 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 album we, we purposely wrote it so that you would not really enjoy it on the first run through it's one of those ones you have to sort of give a, a few runs before you get what's yeah. actually going on and that's per- that's what I purposely did when writing it um, because our prior sort of EPs and singles were had a lot more hooks and a lot more instant sort of oh yeah I I can you know I can enjoy this on the first listen type of type of music but I pur- we purposely yeah. well, I purposely wrote songs on this album that were not that fashion you have to give it a few runs because i feel like those are the albums that most people um you know remember and, and that they will have better replay value in the long run yeah so, I, I remember back in the day i'm 41 and i remember buying Weezer's pinkerton when it first came out and thought it was garbage and then i, I listened to it i forced <laughs> yeah. myself to listen to it for about half a dozen times and then i thought i might just be listening to the best album that i've ever heard that was back then and i've kind of still got the same view now 20 three or four years there later, you have you? And that album really forced me to work for it. And and are you mates with you know Moana over there in Perth? That the band with the, uh, yes. the yeah. Yeah, yeah, her album's a lot like that as well. Like the first couple of times, to be honest with you, I've got to talk to her later on tonight. But I thought it was garbage, to be honest with you, the first time I heard it. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I, I won't I, say anything. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to tell her tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to redeem myself by saying I love it now. But it was one of those albums that I thought this is the Moana album. It. It was recorded okay, but holy shit, the riffs are simple and the drum cadences that they've chosen to use to match the riffs are way too simple again and it cruels what I felt at the time is the majesty of her voice. But now I understand what they're trying to do because I've spent some time listening to it. And I think that alludes yeah. to something broader, which is that in this day and age of Tidal, Spotify, Apple, iTunes Music, whatever the hell it's called these days, you know, people aren't spending time with albums, of course. So th- this is a good question for you. <laughs> You know, did you, did you have that in mind? You know, we've talked about the fact that you yeah. do. Yeah, you go. So, sorry, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, that was ex- exactly on my mind at, at mm. the whole time we were doing the album. So, because I got Spotify too, and I know how, you know, the instant gratification you get from, from you know, instant movies and instant music. And, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it makes, yeah, it, it makes art and music um, not, what's the word I would use? I don't know. It doesn't seem to have the appeal that it used to. I mean, people are doing, you know, it used to be when I was a kid, you'd put a CD or a vinyl on and you sit 
and you wouldn't do anything else while you're listening to it and you would just focus on listening yes, to it. Yes, I remember. Now yeah. it's about, you know, people got music on, they got TV on, they got, you know, <laughs> and they're instantly like, oh, I don't like this, 10 seconds into it, next, next. And it's that in- instant gratification yeah. when it comes to art that really ruins it. So I thought, well, it's not going to make a difference anyway. Uh, and I'm going to make this album for people that are actually into music and will put the effort into sort of giving it a few spins and, and concentrating on, Good on you. Yeah. what we're doing and enjoying it. And um, some people have gotten it. Like I've had a few people that I've talked to so far, radio, that, is, that have said the same thing as you, that it that didn't really hit them the first time, but they gave it a few more spins and they, they, yeah. they got it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I was trying to do. And, and, and we, don't, we don't care to be famous. Like, we don't really... That's not our thing. We don't want to be Justin Bieber or something like that. We just want to sort of have people that can appreciate what we're doing and understand it. And you're not going to get everyone in the world doing that. You know what I mean? You're just going to get a select group of people that are, you know, like people like yourself that are, that enjoy music and would sit down and listen to an album and take it all in without, you know, watching TV at the same time or reading a book at the same time or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's a lot like that. I mean, yeah, you, you you're really on point there, and you know, I, I can just to 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 cement the point too. I love the way that you've made the album tracks lead into each other, so you've really got to listen to it all together to really pick that up. And it's right, yeah. mate, it's and, and for those people who are out there that are going to be listening to this who aren't musicians, it's such a hard thing to do for a band to agree on track order. You know, so tell me what was the thinking behind yeah. the track listing, and then making sure that the tracks basically just they merge into each other so it's like one big long song uh well we wrote uh so there's a there's there's a there's a medley in there there's three songs that um sink into each other uh casey part one casey part two and hole in the floor okay gotcha and all three and all three songs um are linked there's no gaps between them but you can obviously change on the cd and that to the next one Mm -hmm. and each song has a portion of the other song in the, in every song. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to it carefully, you, you'll notice that that's how it works. So it's basically like a nine minute sort of 10 minute song. And we yeah. wanted to do something like that because we wanted um, to just, in the, it was actually written that song in, in three parts because it's a progression of a, of a really bad relationship I had mm-hmm. with someone who was extremely um, manipulating and, and violent and, Jeez, and, and, yeah. and basically just, yeah, destroyed my, that portion of my life. So I needed to get that out in, in music and I guess in art, in some art form. Um, but I couldn't do it in one song. It had to be three songs. And you'll notice when you listen to it, it's the progression of the relationship and my thoughts as it went through it. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's basically what I decided to write. And that's why I uh, linked them all together in that fashion. Um, I, it was just something I needed to do. I couldn't. I couldn't just do it through one song, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, does that sort of answer your question? I think there was another part to that question. That no, it's fine. It's a good answer, man. Yeah, no, it's it's up to you how you how you answered it. You answered it well. You know, yeah, and it's and it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Bad relationships and and bitter bitter endings are uh, mate. They're great fodder for bloody writing songs, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I mean yeah. that's the best way out for me to write is is sort of angst, anger, and and sadness. I, I'm not really one for writing and in, in happiness and joy. It doesn't seem to come out as well. Um, so, Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah. See, for, for, see, for me, um, I'm, I'm quite the opposite. I tend to sort of have to be writing about... Oh, I haven't written songs in a while, but, I mean, I get into all sorts of music and I'm a bassist and a guitarist, but I primarily write on the on the bass. And um, 
it ends up sounding like reggae and calypso music, a lot of my own stuff. And I don't even know where it comes from. It just does. And and when I when I sort of try to write lyrics and stuff, they're not that introspective. They're quite poppy. And I'm thinking, Christ, should I what the hell's going on here? I'm sort of pulling you know, you're a songwriter, so you get it. you pull it from the ether, don't you? You're really just a vessel for it to throw, throw yeah, through. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean I've written as well, poppy songs and hooks and stuff. And they don't, they don't normally make the albums because the guys don't seem too keen on <laughs> But yeah, every now and then something like that will come, um, come out. And yes, you, you can't, uh, sometimes you can't, you know, control what you write. It just sort of comes out. And, mm. and sometimes you think, well, oh, that's too good to just not put on an album. That's too good to just let go just because it's not our style. So that's probably why you wouldn't listen to the album. You'll sort of you'll hear a variety of styles because, I, I don't like that idea that you have to stick to one style of writing. It's a stupid idea. I don't know where it came from. Um, it keeps people pigeonholed into genres, and I'm not not yeah. a fan of it. So, yeah, from the '60s, I've done some research into this. It's from back in the '60s, and uh, the main form of revenue was from albums, of course, back then in the '60s and '70s. And record companies really tried to shoehorn bands under genre labels because that's what radio wanted, and certainly no songs longer than three minutes or two and a half minutes or whatever it was. And yeah. you know, and and as a reaction to that, it was actually prog, unbelievably. That was was like yeah. the punk, you know, it was like the punk attitude behind prog. It was really weird, saying "fuck you, we're going to make twenty minute songs here." And, Pink, <laughs> and and people people loved it. Pink Floyd and all of that sort of stuff just went went gangbusters, and then. The record industry went, oh, okay, but then there was it was already set. The cut, the die was cast for radio, so bands like Iron yeah. Maiden and Pink Floyd were never played on radio. But the fans loved them. But the radio was always into that poppy bullshit, the monkeys and all that rubbish, you know. And you know, and <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, I think that's where it comes from, man. And uh, I, I'm with you. I think I think these days, though, 2019 with the the amount of uh, social media platforms that are out there and the ability to basically reach as many people as you want depending on how much money you've got behind you, let's face it, in terms of promotion, you can pretty much be all things to all people if you want to. It's, there's no re- reason these days to sort of box yourself in, I think, especially if you're a creative yeah. type like you are. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if you're going to write something, you should write what you want, not write what other people you think other people want because we did a bit of that you know, five, six years ago and it's just... Yeah. It's not. It's not fun. It's. It's not. And it's not. Um, what's, what's the point? You know, you're not going. You're going to burn yourself out. Mm. So, Agreed. love and that's what I think. So, did you have any any other serious or any serious challenges that you had to overcome to get the album released, or did did it did it just flow and happen? Uh, song songwriting was actually quite quite easy. I mean, almost all the songs were written. Uh, right after that relationship breakdown, it's four years. That's what the album's named after. Mm-hmm. So it was a four-year um, relationship that just went totally horrible. It was a real bad um, breakup, and mm-hmm. it was. I was basically stuck in this relationship that I could not get out of for multiple reasons. Um, so a lot of the songs were written right after that in my mm-hmm. sort of depressive state, and they just came out really, okay. really fast. I think we. Wrote about five or six songs in the space of I wrote it must have been in the space of like two or three weeks, sort of thing. Hmm. Um, and the rest were sort of songs we've been playing around with for a while that have just been sitting in the background that we decided to put down. Yeah, um, you you allude to something there, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, so I'll go there with it. But I, I just do not feel that in this day and age, men's health, mental health in particular, is considered. You understand what I'm saying, and and I mean you've mentioned that you were the violent partner, and we're in the era of Me Too and 
what's the other word that's called these days? And we've just seen Tracy Spice's disaster. I don't know whether you've been following that, but men's health is just really sort of get swept under the rug. And it sounds like it does. Yeah, I mean, like most people, when I was telling people, you know, I was getting physically beaten. I mean, I couldn't. I'm fairly big bloke and you know Mm. if i'm gonna i'm not the kind of guy who would um put my hands on anyone especially a woman yeah Um, i know yeah Yeah. so i just basically had to take it and um i think it was not until one of my friends actually saw what was going on that actually he had to call the police (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it it was it 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 was it was and, and i was um basically like not not scared of the violence but scared just stuck, you know what I mean, in, in something that... I do, yeah. I, I understand, yeah. 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 I think it's... It is. It, it's embarrassing to admit sometimes, I guess, because of because of the stigma when it comes to this sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I'm not really... I've, I've lost that shame. I'm, I'm not really ashamed to admit it anymore. It's just it's what happened, and I, you know, moved on. Well, the thing is, mate, if the roles were reversed, and that would never happen, but just in an alternative dimension, if they were, you'd be in prison. Oh. That's exactly what the guy who called the police on uh, her, who's one, my best mate, yeah. exactly what he said. He said if the roles were reversed and you know you you were doing what you did, she did to you, and what I'd seen on that day, and it was one sure. of you know just many many times. Yeah, I'd be in jail, hundred percent. Yeah, it's for a long it's time. it's a very strange world we're living in these days, mate. Through identity politics and the like, where if you you know if you're a fella these days, you're basically Whatever happens to you, deal with it, fucker. You know this sort of thing, and um, it's <laughs> yeah, just wrong. That's right, move on. And look, and, and that's look, that's what a lot of songs on the album are about: um, identity politics, like abandon, and a few other songs have that in them because of that relationship. But go on, sorry, I've cut you off. Oh I, no, it's just yeah, I've got two daughters, right? So I've technically got no skin in the game on that front outside of looking after myself. But I'm not in a violent relationship. I'm married. I've been married for ten years, you know. And but I, I hear things regularly enough, mate. I've got to tell you from people such as yourself and. It's very disappointing, mate, from the perspective that society just expects you to just deal with shit. And and where you're fortunate is you've got this wonderful outlet and this great gift of being able to craft music, so that probably helps, but it doesn't change the fact that you've been in a very abusive relationship and it took a lot of courage, no doubt, to get out of it and to make that call because, you know, you were probably just trying to keep the peace by staying in it, but people don't understand that. That's right, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, you, you, you can't get out because of the, you know, how deep you really are. Mm. But you want to so badly that, yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Um, and I developed really some pretty shit problems from, I, I, I developed like an insomnia issue, so I only get like an hour or two of sleep a night these days because of... Shit. Yeah. Um, not, not sort of stemming from that problem, but, I'd, you know, like there's certain things that I just got out of it that just... Yeah, pretty pretty bad. Yeah, I'm not yeah. the believe me, I'm not the advice guy, mate. You know, we've got to lead our own lives and follow our own paths. But uh, have you tried CBD oil? Uh, I have actually. Yeah. Um, did, it, did it help? I I'm a, I am I am a um uh, a user of such things on occasion. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. The oil brother. and others. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, because of because of the effects on anxiety, it's one of the only things that really actually helps. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's fantastic stuff. I, I totally, um, I don't know why it's illegal. It's stupid. Oh, likewise. You can put me yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, um, mate, you can get me talking for yeah. hours about that. That and psychedelics and uh, even MDMA. Uh, I mean, these are clinical. These have clinical uses that have been demonstrated, academically supported. It is just, oh, I don't know, mate. I, in this day and age, mate, I speak to plenty of people that are religious that support. It's 
its legalization. You know, so people go, oh, the religious people and the, I don't know, the family first people, they don't give a shit. You know, certainly the people that I've spoken to, so God knows why we aren't sort of getting on board. My theory, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm, I'm not into conspiracy theories as all, at all, as long-time listeners of the show will understand, but Big Pharma, I think, have had a lot, lot to say about why they're not being made legal. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there is um, a lot to do with it. Um, with those guys, I think they have. A, there's a lot of money <laughs> oh, it's being massive, made. Yeah, massive amounts being made on antidepressants, and they don't fucking work. Um, you know, <laughs> yep. well, they don't work long term. Whereas it's academic. Look, without going into any of the detail right now, I encourage any of the listeners to go there and deep dive on this stuff there. But whether you're talking about magic mushrooms, psychedelics, LSD, peyote, uh, or peyote. Um, Ayahusa, um, you know, even MDMA. MDMA was a clinical thing for people who were depressed back in the day, back in the twenties or thirties. I mean, I mean, yeah. these these things are there for people. They're not even there for people who are going through this necessarily. They're for people who are going through tough times psychologically. They're for everybody. There's no yeah. reason to deny things. People things that grow on the bloody ground. It's just dumb. It's a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah, I got a friend actually who who. Um, he, he's been on uh, antidepressants on and off, on and off for a long time, but he says the only thing that really helps him out is every now and then he'll have MDMA, and then for the next sort of three months, he's that's fine. Right. That's so and true. And yeah. for me, I, it's, that's not like that for me. I use uh, I use I have THC as my anxiety mm. reducer. <laughs> um, no, it works. But he can't yeah. really use that on his terms. It doesn't work as well for him as it does for me. So we, you know, we're all different in that aspect. But you're right. I think it's. I think it's really helpful, and I don't, I don't see, apart from pharmaceutical reasons, why we have to sort of, you know, be told it's wrong to use it. It's stupid. Mate, we could talk for hours about this, and I'm going to have to wrap things up, yeah, which is a real good. shame. <laughs> it's a real shame, man, because I want to keep talking about it, believe me, but I've got another chat at 8 p.m., or 8 p.m. my time here, which is in five minutes. But uh, before I let you go, for the listeners out there who really want to hear your music because you've, you've, you've given so much great insight, not just about the music, but about you as a person, man. So people are going to be interested. Um, tell them, how do, they, how do they contact you? How can they find your music? Uh, okay, uh, so Spotify, iTunes, uh, Bandcamp, all those websites, we're on there. Our album's up on there and some older stuff too. Um, where else? I mean, we have Instagram, Facebook, Amberdown Music. Uh, we'll, you'll find our Facebook and um, Instagram uh, and it's one word, Amberdown, one word. So Spotify, Amberdown, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, Check it's a killer out. album for anybody listening, man. This is an album. It does take a few listens, but once you get it, you get it. Um, just <laughs> just quickly, have you got a vinyl or cassette coming out with the album? Uh, we have um, CDs. So they are. Uh, you can order them, on, I think, through Bandcamp or just message us through our Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, and there will be vinyl at some point soon because, yeah, we're massive Good fans of vinyl. So. Yeah, please do that. This is yep. music that really lends itself to the true music fan, and true music fans love vinyl, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, as I say, mate, this is, I've, I had a feeling it might be like this tonight, but, mate, I only get, like, you know, with, I'm at uni and I'm working these days and... Uh, Got kids too, as I mentioned before, mate. So it's uh, I've got to sort of do these things in half an hour blocks. Otherwise, I just you know, on one or two nights. Otherwise, I just don't get to them. To be honest with you, but uh, man, I feel like we could have talked for hours about these sort of subjects. So I'm sorry to sorry to cut it short because I certainly had more questions uh, to ask fine. about the music. Well, but, we'll uh, be recording again in January, so um, we'll have a new album out sort of end of next year. So I'm I'm sure we'll talk again. I hope so. Uh, I really hope so, that. man. Yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, let you know when we're in Queensland. <laughs> That'd be killer, man. Yeah. Cool. 
Lee, uh, yeah, Lee's pretty good at hitting me up and letting me know that, that you the bands from Perth because I love the bands from Perth, man. It's my favourite city for music in Australia. Um, oh, yeah, oh, the best stuff. I mean, you guys. There's Moana. There's there's just so many great. Yeah, there are some bands. really good bands coming um, soon. Like a, a lot of new bands that have just popped their heads up in Perth recently. That are really. I mean, Perth is starting to become a really good hub for music. Great. Um, so keep yeah, keep your eyes open. Yeah, I will do, yeah. mate. So what I'll do from here, mate, I'll just, if you're cool with everything that was spoken about, I certainly am. Um, yeah, I'll, um, no worries. I'll just post it on my Facebook page and link link the band in, you know, like put you guys in um, saying that I've had a chat to you guys, to yourself from this band and, and uh, mate, if you want to share away, go for it. No worries. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks heaps. I really appreciate it. It was a good chat. Likewise, mate. No worries, brother. All the best with everything, eh? Thanks, mate. Yep, take it easy. No Cheers. worries. Gotcha. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Daniel Connell from the Perth-based outfit Amberdown. Thanks so much for listening.